springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there were over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fine hunting for your brilliant brunch, Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine and More. Cheers. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the second episode, the monthly, or excuse me, the weekly edition of the October run of Monsters at Midnight. When you'll be listening to this, it'll probably be at least Saturday, October 14th. I'm your host, your favorite escaped madman, loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer, and I'm here with the doctor himself, fresh from the labs of Zima Podcasting, Graham Zima. How are you tonight, Graham? Fan-fucking-tastic. Glad to hear that, glad to hear that. This is one of our favorite shows to do. I mean, I speak personally. I can't attest for Graham. I would think I would agree with that statement. Yep, and we're very excited to deliver this to you. The second episode of the month, the glorious month of October. We're gonna keep on rocking it, socking it to you. Your one-stop shop for horror news, spooky shit, and tales of the real life unexplained. One of these days, I'll get that catchphrase nailed down. But until then, you're gonna have to deal with it. We've got a fun show to uh, for you guys tonight. Hope you guys enjoy it tonight. We've got a couple of brief horror movie news, horror media news articles that we're going to drop on you. And then I've got a couple games that I want to play with Graham in celebration of his new favorite movie, Jigsaw, coming out October 27th from Lionsgate. I, I am... I mean, like I said, we are... We are uh, I, I should update people. I am... Uh, we've watched... Numero uno of the Saw series so far. I did not. Uh, um, I you you caught a glance, yes. Though. Uh, and uh, you know what? Spectacular as always. Although this time it was an interesting viewing. I think I probably caught about half of the uh, half of the movie. Really, um, if I was actually like trying to summarize how much I actually was focusing on the movie, or if I if I reflect on how much I was actually watching the movie, it was it was very slim because we had some uh, guests over, so it was. Harder to keep focus, but nonetheless, I've seen the movie countless times, so it wasn't really that important that I pay attention to the story as much as Absolutely. I knew. Absolutely. Uh, but still fantastic. Can't wait. October 27th. Um, we'll be seeing it, uh, at least the group that I'm going with, we're going to be seeing it on Halloween, so it'll be a special occasion. Bring back some good old memories. Right on, right on. Yeah, so in celebration, we are going to be, I'm going to have Graham play a few games. Uh, now, some, can I ask you before you do this, yes. and you probably explain this once again uh, later in the episode, did they revolve around actual like the the saw franchise no i just last minute decided that that's why we're playing games tonight so fair enough um no i just uh because the first episode out as much as i love horror news the first episode was very news heavy i want to do something a little bit lighter this episode uh mainly because i we being that we used up a lot of material last week we want to. I had just a couple ideas come to me. Something lighter, something that should be a little bit more fun. 
um, something that we can bounce back with back and forth. So let's get this underway. Welcome to Monsters at Midnight. Bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn out the lights, and let's get started, my groovy ghoulies. So, if you're listening to this on Saturday the 14th or any time afterwards, you will know that we, this October, had a Friday the 13th. Now, Friday the 13th, as you uh, out there know, is uh, one of the single most uh, famous and revered horror movie franchises in uh, cinematic history of questionable uh, quality nine times out of ten. I know Graham is not the biggest fan. I am indeed a fan of the uh, series. And uh, there's been a lot of celebration of Friday the 13th this year with the game being released. Our good friend Serbata plays the fuck out of that game, so we've both been up close and personal with that game. I gotta say, I think it looks pretty fun. What do you think? I mean, yeah, just from a observation, like I've watched him play it on a pretty continual basis. Um, to say he plays it a lot is an he understatement. Does. He, he plays, plays the hell out of that thing. It, it seems like it's like an anywhere, anytime type <laughs> yeah. of situation. Um, it looks like a hell of a time. Uh, despite, like I said, I mean, you mentioned this, I don't really have a personal attachment to the franchise. Like, I've seen a quarter of the movies, probably, mm-hmm. if you take into account the, some of the originals and then the remake from 2009. Um, but even with, with you know, without the connection, I still find it looks like a fantastic game. It makes me uh, wonder what a properly made, like, Halloween movie could do. You know, game, Michael, yeah. Michael Myers chasing you throughout a neighborhood, right. I think, would be, to me, would be more impactful because of... Uh, because of my, like I said, my love for that that franchise, right. more, much more, or even I think a Nightmare on Elm Street one is one they haven't, from my knowledge, they haven't dabbled into. That'd which would be, be very interesting because then you could really experiment with like two planes. You could do like a Dream World thing. And I was gonna say, and then thing. while you're in, you know, if I was, if I was ever for whatever reason given the power to have any creative input, which I should not, <laughs> uh, for a Friday or a, excuse me, a Nightmare on Elm Street game. I would say definitely try to tool around with, like you said, two planes, um, both the dream and the real world, but also kind of shape, not sh- maybe not shape shift, but uh, world shift mm-hmm. throughout the um, span of you walking through that dream world. Yeah. So it kind of confuses and disorients the player right. um, w- within reason. Uh, you don't want to make the game unplayable. Right, absolutely. Um, but uh, that'd be an interesting one to dabble in. But yeah, for my outside observation, man, it looks like a hell of a time. No, yeah. Um yeah, uh, I've actually I've played a little bit of the Friday the 13th game uh, for played it on the PlayStation 1, the PlayStation port at least. Uh, it's pretty solid apart from it being uh, a little rough around the edges. It's the core gameplay wise, very enjoyable. I'm just my hands are programmed for a mouse and keyboard. I do most of my gaming PC. So can, can we Okay, so I've talked about this a few times. I we probably, I think, addressed it in that one lost episode. What are the the glitches of the game and the and the critiques of it? Because I, and I'm not like the most you know knowledgeable person about the ins and outs of video games. I'm a, I'm a fan of video games, but I don't, I couldn't tell you much about the construction of them. What what are the 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 missteps that they've had with the running of the game? Yeah, I don't know. I think it comes down to just. It's not so much that, like, there's, to my knowledge, I haven't heard of anything game-breaking, like, bug-wise in the game. I haven't seen anything game-breaking. It's just, it's a lot of, like, 
a lot of little technical missteps sometimes like graphically it bugs out sometimes like uh the like uh the controls are unresponsive or the like uh the like frame rate isn't solid it's just a little stuff that they should have ironed over what it comes down to i think people we're so upset about it's because it's forty dollars and for a game to be that like technical because like it, while it's it works very well it's still very on like polished forty dollars is pretty steep i don't think i would being a fan of the franchise i still don't think i would pay forty dollars for it i want it to drop in price on a sale or whatever yeah. and then i'll pick it up for pc and that's when you know it's uh yeah, that's what you know that even the hardcore fans aren't running yeah. to the because <laughs> that's like that's what i've been reading about on steam at least i haven't because that's pc that's what i follow a lot of the user base reviews are like good game not necessarily worth the the price tag and what it comes down to is games like that have limited like i mean there's a lot of content there but they have limited uh they have limited novelty because once you unlock everything it, that's basically it because the gameplay is virtually the same all the time the only it's like the only difference is you have that slight chance of playing as jason and that turns a lot of people off too i and like multiplayer multiplayer only games were never really my thing so i don't know how realistically i don't know how long i would stay involved with it that's another reason why i'm holding off on it i think the two biggest complaints are like the game like the novelty wears off and it's just it's not worth the price tag right off okay um because like i said i haven't seen anything like game breaking with it it's a solid excuse me a solidly crafted game um definitely worth checking out if you are a fan of the franchise but do it at your own discretion because if it's like it's something you that you have to play by ear if it's not going to be for you it's just it's not going to be for you uh there's no uh but there's no sh like they did not wimp out on like the passion there uh, it's obviously a game made by friday the 13th fans uh from the music the level design the the gameplay it is what we were all expecting i think uh for better or worse uh, some people see it as a negative some i personally see it as a positive uh so yeah the friday the 13th uh game came out this year and just when you thought that the f movie franchise was dead again out comes more rumblings that it might pick up uh again on the near horizon i have here in front of me a bloody disgusting article uh, if you're not familiar with the side note, no sponsorship or anything, but if you're not familiar with the website, bloody disgusting, and you listen to this podcast, you should be checking it out. Lots of, uh, lots of horror related content from movies to video games, to everything. It's news, it's think pieces, everything. Check them out. That's where I get a lot of the stuff that we talk about from first off. Um, and here is where I saw the headline which is and now my computer is frozen that's fantastic Corey feldman lays out idea for his return to the friday the 13th franchise those of you unfamiliar Corey feldman stars of movie star of movies like license to drive uh 
the Goonies, Lost Boys, which is a child star in the 80s, has now become the world's strangest human being, attempting to pursue an unsuccessful and untalented music career. Originally played the role of Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th, uh, Part 4, the quote-unquote, the final chapter. He has the idea of maybe doing an H2O, Halloween H2O sort of thing, where where Friday the 13th 4 ends with Tommy and his sister in the hospital, the rest of the movies are a bad dream because this is something that Halloween has done with H2O and is doing again with the new movie. He thinks that Friday the 13th could do something similar and because he knows he has a fan base for the films and he would like to step back into the role again. So my question to you, Graham, is what do you think of this idea? And side note, what do you think of this notion of horror movies retconning like an entire legacy of sequels, just saying none of them matter? So two um, questions. For the you. first one on the Corey Feldman, uh, I would argue that it's much more of just a uh, an economical uh, idea, or maybe not economical idea, but uh, the reasoning behind it is economical. As we all know, Corey Feldman has not been the hasn't really had a big starring role in I can't even remember. Right. I mean, he like I said, yeah. he's kind of just a product of, of you know, 80s and 90s uh, uh, cinema. So, and like, you know, we were talking about the, uh, the unsuccessful music career. I think that's also an understatement. I mean, it, it's... Woo! It's, it's uh, bad. It's, it's quite dreadful to listen to. Um, but in terms of a... I I I guess you could make it work. I mean, here's the reality of it. They're not going to not make these movies. Right. I mean, they've made how many installments at this point? 12 if you count the remake and Friday vers- uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Exactly. So this is obviously a franchise that's established that does not give a fuck about originality. I mean, they've tried to be a little different with films like Jason X and yeah. Jason Takes Manhattan. I mean, taking that original character and... Um, you know, putting him in a new environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's to the extent of originality that they've had. But uh, so for them to make another one, it's like, I mean, at this point, they made so many. Why stop now? You know, it's, right, it's yeah. not one that needs. It's also a franchise that doesn't really rely too much on like continuity, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, because much the sim- to the <clears throat> same degree that we were talking about, like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, like those do the similar things like, this is a reboot. Same actor playing this character or et cetera, but it's it's a different timeline, I guess. And to answer your question on the second one, it's a little bit – I also go back and forth on that because, number one – hmm, how do I – I guess I'll, I'll speak from the negative perspective first of all. The negative perspective is that it, it's kind of like then a waste of time. Right. It's like, oh, I watched like this, these series of three Halloween movies, and whether I liked them or not, like I invested time in them, and now you're telling me that, oh, that doesn't really matter. It also kind of gets confusing for the mm-hmm. audience to kind of keep track of, you know, people that aren't as invested in horror films as you and I are, you know, we're not going to, they're not going to pick up on all those different cues. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to see Jamie Lee Curtis in this new one and be like, but what happened with the stories that we saw her in H2O and, you know, before that, 
Um, that's where it kind of gets a little murky and you, you, the, the casual general audience member isn't able to kind of pick that apart because they're not as invested. Um, but the good thing on that, all that is despite all of those issues and that kind of confusion that it brings upon or if you, know, if you have a, a negative reaction to it is that you still always have those movies. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the day, you can still always go back to them think of them what you will i mean that's the beauty of movies is that it's subjective and i don't know it's to me it's um the best kind of association i could put with it too is like think of um remakes you know that's another thing that we always that's a big hot topic in Mm -hmm. horror and really in movies in general nowadays is like all right let's say they take the back to the future film and remake it Mm -hmm. people always obviously go up in, in in a fuss and it'll be a huge controversy well Let's say they put out the remake and it sucks. So what? You always have the original Back to the Future to go back to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, you know, it's always there. So, yeah, that's why I don't get too frustrated over it. But I do think it's kind of like, number one, a waste of people's time. If you if you say that a, 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 a long stretch or a big chunk of the franchise uh, doesn't matter. And also it kind of, like I said, it causes some confusion for a general audience member. How about you, man? Um, yeah, um, all interesting points. Uh, in, ter- in terms of the Corey Feldman uh, piece, uh, honestly, God, I don't give a shit either way. It's Corey Feldman. It's like what you said. He is desperate for something that could put him back in the limelight again because his career, music career is not taking off the way he wants it to. Uh, I think people enjoy him ironically, but... Uh, that's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna have staying power um and that sort of and like i'm in but i would be intrigued in seeing what new things he i guess new things he could bring to the character that's the problem though i haven't seen him act as like an adult he could be fuck awful i have no idea i know he's in like the directed dvd lost boys sequels but he, is that really a fair representation of his acting skills? Though? I mean, that's why I'm saying like everyone knows him from when he was like probably like eight till 15. Yeah. So like he I don't know what he's like now as an ad- actor. It could be just a colossal waste of time. Um. So whatever. If if a script materializes like it's an, not necessarily a bad idea, but I think it's just it just proves sort of what you said. Um the franchise doesn't really know where else to go and it's always this franchise has always been following in halloween's footsteps you like halloween 3 did something new without like michael myers and yeah uh friday the 13th 5 tried to do that where it was like there was a jason quote-unquote but it was technically a copycat killer the original movie Friday the Thirteenth was a direct ripoff of Halloween, and the and the writer and director admit it. Um, so this this series has always sort of just been like a little brother tagging along. So I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled that move, where they they just did it just because they can. Um, and that sort of brings me into the next point about uh, when series retcon their sequels. I do agree with you to a degree where it does feel like a waste of time for the audience, but I also I think it shows a certain level of understanding for what the audience wants from the whether it be the writers or the studio. 
especially with like what's happening with even with what happened with h2o but what's happening with the new halloween to say hey we've been fucking up let's give something that the people actually want i think that's admirable and i think that's bold as a writer because uh as fuck awful as the halloween sequels can be they do have their core fan bases a lot of people really like four five and six that thorn trilogy that they call it where it's all about michael's origin a lot of people really like that trilogy i don't (laughs) and it's like and that's fine it's like what you said and like i always think about it too like i don't like for me there's halloween there's always going to be the first halloween there's always going to be the first friday the 13th like even like even though arguably i would say most of the friday the 13th get better past the first movie if you disagree with me friday the 13th can always be about a vengeful mother the original Halloween can always be about uh, escaped force of evil. The original Nightmare on Elm Street can always be about this terrifying boogeyman. It's all. It only becomes what you want it to be. To be exactly. Yeah. So like, if you if you're just like gonna pout and be like, oh well, fucking uh, the Friday Thirteenth series got so stupid because then he became a zombie, and then it's like, well, just remember. It's only what you want it to be. If you consider that canon, then it's canon to you. If you don't, if it's always about Mrs. Voorhees, that's always what it's going to be about. And I think that's sort of where the writers are coming from, where they're like, they acknowledge the fan base of that movie and want to give them something that is actually a follow-up to that movie. For sure, yeah. So that is the latest on... That is the latest on uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, just talking about it because uh, we just had a Friday the 13th and Halloween. Had a lot of people geeked out. Um, I don't know when the next time we're going to have another Friday the 13th on Halloween. Probably never. Probably never. Uh, but, you know, that's life. Um, going back to... Uh, so we're uh, going to bring up something that I just read quick. Uh, sort of... This isn't really a news piece, but something I wanted to amend from what our uh, from the podcast last week when we were talking about John Carpenter's new sci-fi show inspired by the his uh, ra- uh, line of comic books that he uh, produced called Tales for Halloween Night. That show is coming to sci-fi sometime next year. Okay. So as it's not coming out anytime this year. Sounds good. Um, uh, moving on in a similar uh, line of thought, though. It was just announced that for we are truth be told we are not recording this on Saturday the fourteenth. We are recording this on the twelfth. Today it was literally today it was announced that Trenton Reznor of Nine Inch Nails and his uh, frequent collaborator Atticus Ross uh, are going to be releasing a cover of the Halloween theme. Uh, Trent Reznor, uh, other than being the lead singer and founder of Nine Inch Nails, uh, he and Atticus Ross have provided the soundtracks for a lot of David Finch's, uh, uh, David Fincher's, excuse me, David Finch. It's like David Lynch <laughs> only is a bird. Uh, David Fincher's filmography, Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Social Network, uh, very industrial, ethereal, uh, dreamy sort of soundtracks. Um, the interesting thing, though, is this art. Every single article I found find about this cover 
says that it was a like a link was found on Amazon where you could like pre-order it, listen to his sample. Every single article has a link to this Amazon page. It does not exist. Now, granted, I don't know if this is going to change. Like, maybe it was put up too soon. Maybe they wanted want to save it specifically for Friday the 13th. Because every article says it's coming out on Friday the 13th. You can pre-order it. It's eight minutes long. And it's not there. So, <laughs> apart from that, which I don't know what the deal is with that, and I'm quite frankly interested to see what you have to th- think about this because i know you're a fan of movies like gone girl and the social network what is what are your thoughts on trent reznor and atticus ross doing a uh, cover of the halloween theme i'll buy it yeah possibly um i'm sure i'll find a leak of it somewhere that will allow me not to right. <laughs> i hate to be that guy uh i'm a yeah i'm a huge fan of trent reznor and atticus ross i think they provide some of the best scores of the past 10 or so years uh i think social network score um at the time, I was all about, you know, this is 2011 time. Uh, I was all about Inception winning the best original score at the mm. Oscars. Uh, but now looking back at that now, I, I, I don't know why. I mean, I think Inception is a fine score. Uh, I think Hans Zimmer is very talented. but He's very talented, but he's also very much a self-plagiarist. <laughs> uh, exactly. And I think, that, uh, I think that that score, specifically in social networks, is a very – effective job of carrying the the, the film along um and it, and it really becomes its own sort of uh its own sort of story in a, in a lot of ways where i don't think i quite get the same effect from the inception soundtrack so or excuse me score uh so but in terms of this i mean that's that's an interesting it's an interesting pair i don't want to say an interesting pairing for this um or interesting group of people to make this 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 specific track, but um, if I don't like it, I still got the original theme. Right. Kind of like exactly. we we're talking about with Friday the Thirteenth. Like it is what it is. You know, if I if I if I happen to s- listen to it and, and enjoy it, well, good. And we have another interpretation of that theme. If mm-hmm. it sucks, it is what it is. But I just going off based off my knowledge of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's work in the films like that you mentioned, uh, Gone Girl. And, uh, social network and really most of, of Fincher's work, um, I, I'm I'm pretty confident it'll be at least competent and 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 could be exceptional. Um, so anyway, no, I agree completely. Um, I very much I'm not the world's biggest Nine Inch Nails fan. Uh, I think they're uh, interesting, but they're very much like of their time. Definitely. Um, but that being said, I think Trent Reznor uh, is a very talented dude, and with Atticus Ross, he has composed very, very brilliant stuff for those movies. Uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is an absolutely haunting soundtrack, and if they bring one ounce of that talent and that game that they bring from like that style to the Halloween theme... I think it has a lot of potential because Trent Reznor is a master of using like really spooky synthesizer, really industrial sounding percussion. I think it has a lot of potential, assuming it's even released because this Amazon page, you click on the links and it just says, sorry, this page isn't here. And it's just adorable photos of the Amazon puppies. Interesting. Well, that's the thing I was going to say, it depended on where you got that source. Cause if it was like, if it was just some obscure, uh, location that was giving you that information and i don't mean to discredit 
horror websites because there are some definitely some great ones like Bloody Disgusting. Once again, not sponsored. Uh, uh, I, I would have qu- questioned, based on what you found, uh, the accuracy of, of that coming out. But the fact that Amazon's producing it makes it a little weird. I almost feel like that's the whole thing is that you're supposed to click on and it's not supposed to be. That could be part of the allure of it. I don't know. Because... Um, I was just made aware of that well, this was happening. <laughs> I, well, I just Googled it again just to make sure because it, it's multiple sites. I found it on Bloody Disgusting. I found it somewhere else originally. I'm on the AV Club right now because this article was published an hour ago. Okay, so it's recent. And, but, yeah, see, a very short sample of Reznor and Ross. This is from the AV Club. A very short sample of Reznor and Ross's Halloween theme was apparently on Amazon earlier today along with a pre-order page but it has since been taken down. So at least someone's acknowledging it now. That's uh, uh, Consequence of Sound says the pre-order page listed the song is almost eight minutes, minutes long, but that's really all we know about it. Also, Reznor and Ross haven't made any actual announcements about this, so perhaps there is a chance they've noticed a silly mistake, and we'll be holding it until Halloween. So we don't know. Uh, the short answer is we don't know if it'll be actually be coming out on Friday the 13th, but if it does, you probably already know already considering when this episode is going to be released. Otherwise, maybe it'll be coming out on Halloween. So that is uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's cover of the Halloween theme. If it's out by this point, let us know what you think of it. If you're fans of their work and you're fans of the original Halloween theme, if it's not out by this point, well, well, you'll just have to wait like the rest of us then, I guess. Um, moving on to something that's little, bit of a sad, uh, not really sad, but sort of like uh, melancholy news uh, for me. Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, which I think has been a phenomenal show up to this point, is airing its uh, third season in February. For those of you unfamiliar... Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead is a spinoff from the Evil Dead series starring Bruce Campbell as the titular Ash, uh, slaying demon ass as he often does. Uh, Very funny, very uh, cool horror comedy show. Season 3 airs on, uh, oh man, not Showtime, Stars this February. And... all All fingers are pointing to this may be the last season and this was made even even firmer by a statement that Bruce Campbell made saying that he may be retiring the role of Ash for good uh, he made a statement that when they wrapped the uh, Ash season three uh, the finale could go either way there could be more there could it could be it it could be done uh, so again, Another, I keep picking all these franchises that you're not as invested in as I am. But what do you think about this news? What do you think about Bruce Campbell hanging up his chainsaw? Um, I'm going to make the argument that uh, I've always firmly believed that you should never... There's exceptions to this rule. But let's say, for example, we are in this uh, timeline of evil dead like a continuous timeline um i i firmly believe that you should never recast a person like like let's say like let's say for whatever reason 
Okay, let me backtrack because it was a terrible start to that argument. <laughs> um, I think if they're going to redo The Evil Dead, let's say 10 for years from now, for just a, an example, I think they've already redone it at one point. They did the remake in 2013. They did the remake, yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, let's say they bring back Ash vs. Evil Dead in this case. I say that you create a new character. Mm-hmm. Um. I say that you create a new character that still exists within this world that you create of the Evil Dead. Um, now, the only exception to those cases are like with superheroes because superheroes are one of those things that are just so iconic that the those are the those are the situations where the character is bigger than the actor. Mm-hmm. But even then, I go kind of go back and forth on that because it's like if you look at the Marvel franchise, for example, I personally can't think of a better actor to play. Tony Stark and Iron Man. Right. You know? So that whole example only goes so far because I do think that there are situations where the casting is too perfect. I couldn't see anybody else playing it. In this case, I think it's the same thing with Ash. I don't I I just don't think you're gonna find someone who's capable of living up to the height that he is set for. I mean, he's been Ash since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, to try to accomplish that, you can do someone who does a great job, but the reality is is that Bruce Campbell's been doing it for so long, you're not going to win everybody over. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not going to... Because that's just what he is. That, 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 that role, for whatever reason, whatever you think about fate in this world, that, that role was his fate. Like, that was... that He was perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written for him. So um, that was my muddied version of what I, what I think about casting. But I, I do think it's true. I think that there are very, very slim situations or very, very uh, rare exceptions to you know, when a character is bigger than the actor. But for the most part, I think I believe in fate in a lot of ways. I believe that there are just actors that they read a role that they were meant to play and you can't recast them sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just impossible. You're not going to... And we even saw that in like Suicide Squad. You know, Heath right. Ledger set a bar for the Joker that has mm-hmm. never been reached before and mm-hmm. we saw the problems Jared Leto had reaching that. So when you, when you see someone play a role so perfectly, it's hard to see anybody else in them. And uh, that's my thought. So I don't think they should ever recast Ash. Mm-hmm. I think that if they're going to ever do anything with the Evil Dead franchise. You bring a new character in that you win, that you make originally, make kind of unique. You can have some personality traits that Ash ha- had to an extent, but try to make something something a little different. Um, I think you'll actually get more fans on your side because yeah. they won't be so worried about whether or not this guy is as good as Bruce Campbell. Right. No, I agree completely. And I think that's uh, uh, even though the remake reboot revamp whatever the fuck it was kind of gets mixed reception i think that was one of the biggest successes that the reboot had was having no character connection to the original all entirely new characters and it's a new perspective yeah um and though while i'm definitely it's it's like it's an inevitable at some point obviously i didn't think that he could play ash forever it's just like I mean, this is a guy, he played Reagan on the Fargo TV series. He's done... Bruce Campbell is an interesting actor, because now he's, like, getting close to 60 years old. He's sort of becoming this weirdly revered veteran actor that people want doing, like, more serious shit, as is example by him getting a serious role on Fargo. I think it's very cool that maybe you'll see more like that where he's not 
he's not the wisecrack here he's not like in b movies anymore he's not the wisecracking comic relief like sam ax and burn notice he's actually getting or like every character that he plays in the original uh spider-man yeah (laughs) he's like getting actual serious parts and i think that'd be great to see at this like like see his career turn where he's this like the king of b-movie actors to an extent though because i do believe also that there are actors that were just made for typical like they're character actors i guess that's true like i do think that we've seen that with a lot of either a drama or comedy it's been a two-way street where someone's tried to cross over and it's you know sometimes it's really worked i mean we saw that adam sandler and punch drunk love and i could name a couple of examples um but you have seen you know some comedic actors come over mm-hmm. and it's, it kind of works, but it also, and, it's like, it feels right. forced and it doesn't feel like authentic. Um, so I do think that there are certain actors that were just meant to perform particular types of genres. Yeah. That's fine too. You make a whole career true. out of it too, but I'm just, I'm just saying that could be, we don't know obviously with Bruce Campbell, right. he's played, like you said, the, the same type of character his entire career. No. And I do agree with you to agree. Uh, you, uh, you make an excellent point um that being said though uh i guess like it is like a like melancholy news but i like i do understand he's getting old he can't and especially since he landed something it might be in his mind too like if since he landed something like fargo maybe this is like he wants to like finally like legitimize himself well you know what's interesting too is that people we're so used to in this modern TV culture of running things into the ground. Uh-huh. And, you know, you said this is the third season, right? Yes. People get, like, it's it's weird when a show, like, decides to wrap up after three seasons. Right. You know, and we it's like, how is that weird? You know, at right. least in my mind, I'm a person that puts, you know, the creative intent of a show over the ratings. I think right, if you yeah. – to leave a good taste in everybody's mouth, you need to, to, to leave when necessary and leave when – you you have to ask yourself at the end of every season or you know prior to starting a new season do we really have a story to tell or are we doing this for ratings and right. if you if you can't say you're doing it for your own creative intuition i think it's best to, to cut it cut it short you need to have well, it also comes with you have to have a plan too when you're starting mm-hmm. out making a tv show you have to sort of make a blueprint for how you want to where where you want the show to go because it's like you see with a show like grace and admir or big bang theory you know going into their 10th 15th season mm-hmm. and it's like you see all these issues that come along the way, all these different weird like hiccups along the road. It's because they're just writing to you know have a show on the air right. and to get to fulfill the, the the requirements of the network. And I don't think that's good storytelling. No, I've I always heard completely. never write for demographics. It's it's one of the most like I hate to use this word, but it's one of the most hacky things you can do, mm-hmm. uh, if not the most hacky thing. Right. No, I completely agree. Um, and I think uh, if that's what Bruce uh, has acknowledged i think that's very mature of him uh so that's uh bruce campbell uh uncertain future for ash versus evil dead uncertain future for the character of ash as a whole if uh so write us uh email us facebook us uh comment uh do whatever you need to do tell us how you feel we always like to hear what you guys think um so that's all for news that i had let's have some fun shall we I'm going to play a little, uh, couple of games here with Graham. You want to play a game? We're going to play a couple of games here with Graham because he has been... He's been putting up with my bullshit 
having to feed off uh, news that he knows nothing about until the second I say it to him on the air. This is the way that we operate. So we're going to continue to torment Graham. We're going to play a game, and it's going to be both of us. I've come up with three nouns. Graham claims to have come up with three nouns. I have them. They could be the most generic thing in the world. Okay. uh... So this game I just came up with, thought it would be fun. We're going to throw out the noun to the other person. We're going to tell them the noun, and they're going to create an elevator pitch for a horror movie with that noun. I, it could be it could be the weapon used by the killer. It could be an integral point to the plot. Whatever it is, has to be an elevator pitch, and it has to be scary. I'm gonna <laughs> hold you to that. Let's see how horribly this goes. All right, I will start though. All right, I, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be the the brave one in this situation. All right. All right. So I'm telling you the word. Yep. All right. Fuck your word. I want to hear the scariest horror movie you can come up with. Damn. Toes. Toes. Like okay. the appendage. Okay. So the film takes place in the modern day. Um, and it starts off with a just a family. All right. You have. But it, what happens is, and you'll find a second, it expands to a, a greater universe. And it may not be ripping off. The or I maybe may or may not be ripping off the plot to Contagion. Um, <laughs> there's this kid, um, the the kid of the family who gets. Um, there's this kid who, for whatever reason, <laughs> comes back one day, um, and he's got this like weird, clearly this like fucked up bacteria in his toe. Like, it's, it looks fucked up. All it right. looks like someone just vomited all over, <laughs> possibly inside his foot. I don't know. <laughs> and suddenly, it turns him into a flesh-eating vampire. You thought I was going to say zombie. <laughs> but it's a vampire. Right. It turns him into a vampire. And basically, long story short, it just becomes a contagion. All right. Um, and <laughs> the, the disease starts to spread, um, you know, becomes obviously a very... Fuck, man, this is terrible. I can't. <laughs> you really painted. Oh, that was good. You painted me in a corner. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't think of. Uh, basically, it exp- spreads and it involves the government trying to figure out how to stop it. All right. <laughs> totally and, awful. This is why. And what would you call it? I would call it Curse of the Toe. <laughs> <laughs> the infectious toe eye, dude. That was tough. That I thought, like, as soon as you said toe, I'm like, ooh, a disease. Like, I could definitely put a disease into toe, right. and, like, that would be easy. And then I realized, number one, I'm ripping off Contagion. Number two, I don't know where to go from okay. there. Nobody fucking saw Contagion. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. Contagion's fucking one of the most boring films I've ever seen. Dude, I, did you watch it in the biology class? No, I a friend fucking... This, love him to death. My best friend since preschool. But he just fucking... He'll pick movies that to, like, just watch. And he's like, dude, we're going to watch Contagion. Oh, I've had like that too. I got, one, I got That's how I ended up watching Ocean's Eleven once. Shout out oh, to really? Javid Anokan. He's been on Living the Dream a few times. But... Shout out to Steven Soderbergh by extension. Yeah. God damn, I didn't realize that. It was <laughs> yeah. So apparently the friends that like kind of watch movies but don't watch movies always go to Steven Soderbergh because they're like, you know what? He's intellectual. He makes <laughs> movies that people like. Um okay. All right, look I'll out. give you one. 
look out for Curse of the Toe coming. Curse this of the Toe, January, directed by Michael Mann. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why that'd be the director Michael I pick. Man. That'd be amazing. I, um, all right. Water bucket, like a bucket. All right, bucket. Okay. I swear to God, if it's called Buckethead, I'm gonna kill you. No. <laughs> so, no, it's gonna be called, and no relationship to the Adam Sandler movie, the same name. It's gonna be called Jack and Jill. They're walking up the hill. They're they're two farm kids in Depression era America. And like I paint the scene, it's like dust bowl. It's like everything's dead, and they live in this it's r- like bear. They live in this rickety shack. And as the classic nursery rhyme goes, they go up the hill to get water with their bucket in tow. Hold and on. then Adam Sandler. And then Adam Sandler show. No, damn it! So they go up, and of course it's the depression, the dust bowl, and the well is dry. Jill, Jill leans in to see if there's anything down there. She hears mysterious noises. The ground is loose because it's so dry. She trips and falls in. And it's Jared Leto's Joker. And it's, <laughs> and then it's just the descent. Their whole rest of the movie is Jill's adventures in the well, trying to escape, and the family trying to help her out from above. Hmm. Damn, that was, that was a good save there. And now you might be wondering what the noises are being made in the well. And I don't know either because I forgot that there were noises coming from the well until I <laughs> wrapped up my elevator pitch. Damn. You'll have to see the movie to find out what's making the noise in the well. That's fair. Okay. All right. You going to test me now? All right. Your word is scorpion. Ooh. It's simple. It's a slasher who dresses up as a scorpion. <laughs> who? Okay. Here's a better Here's a better one. Uh, fuck. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> um. Okay. Nah, cause he, you know, a slasher. The guy dressing up as a scorpion. That's too basic. Also, doesn't make any goddamn sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, why wouldn't he just put on a mask? Why would he go to the great extent of trying to dress up like a scorpion? Okay, mm-hmm. better. Um. Oh, here's a good a killer, who. And Scorpion isn't the main source of the, or isn't the main plot point. Okay. But it's a, it's, it's a piece of it. It's a killer who uses their victims with greatest fears to kill them. There I'm we go. I'm pretty sure it's been used before, but that's okay. Because it would be just me just stealing people's ideas again. Because <laughs> that's what I'm obviously good at. Um, yeah, so the killer basically, like, and one of the victims is scared of scorpions. So he basically puts her in a bath full of scorpions and... Nice. She dies. Um, that's just one kill. Um, you know, you could have hundreds of them in fear of drowning. So you'd have a really good open-ended, uh, you know, you have, you'd have you have a lot of, you could make a whole franchise like Saw out of right. it, basically, um, making so, different ways of killing. So, yeah, it'd be called, <laughs> um, fuck, Phobia. That's fair. I mean, that's a working title. It doesn't right. have to be the final title. So Graham made Contagion, I made The Descent, and then Graham made Seven. Basically, yeah. oh yeah, shit! I, didn't I mean, it's not really seven because seven was the seven deadly sins, but kind of close. Okay, I li- I'd watch that. That's the, I that I think that'd be fun. All right, all right, I'm ready. Suck it to me. Coat hanger, coat hanger. This is yeah. You know, this just shows how much more of a creative person Matt is because 
He's already answering the question within seconds of hearing it. I take like no, 20, like, 30 seconds. No, because the second I came up with this idea, I realized like it's the most heinous fucking thing. It's a horror movie. Fuck it. It's a horror movie told from the Republican agenda. It's all about the horrors of abortion. It's all about the horrors of Ooh. coat hanger abortions. I like it. Um, this, uh, this girl. Okay, maybe not the Republican agenda, <laughs> but this girl is raised in a very right family, and uh, was taught that sex before marriage is a no-no. Yada yada yada. She ends up pregnant. Uh, goes to the seedy back alley uh, place to get it aborted because of her family's uh, does the dead baby haunt them yes basically and it's not like it's not like an actual ghost baby but it's psychological the, ghost can, it he, be call, but can it be called <laughs> ghost, ghost baby, ghost baby? <laughs> oh you know what would be good interesting is if like you showed uh what the person would have like the person the the i should say the apparition that haunts mm. them is what the baby would have grown up to be that would be cool that Fuck man, I think cool. we just came up with a goddamn genius right? idea. No, we actually, uh, I mean, it'd just be called, it'd just be called coat hanger, or <laughs> <laughs> hanger. Science. Damn. Oh, hanger. I mean, hanger. I guess could be interesting. Coat yeah. hanger is a little. Coat hanger is a little cumbersome, but uh, yeah, it'd be even. Because then you could get super fucked with like, like embryos, like stalking the halls or something. Like, I don't know. That's that's where my mind went to. It's fair. So your final word is lightning. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um. Okay, so there's this. It's kind of like witness in a lot of ways. So what happens is, it's after a Halloween party. People are. What? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded so much better in my head. Um. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, here we here we go. So, they're leaving the Halloween party, okay? Uh-huh. It's a guy and a girl. We don't know their relation. Let's just say they're friends. They're driving back from a uh, Halloween party. They go down the street. It's raining. It's For whatever reason, it's raining in October. I don't fucking know. Well, it's been raining all fucking I was going to say, so, so I guess it, it works. But, you know, in your typical movie, usually, like, it's not. But right. in this case, raining October. And then we also meet our lead lead character, who's not associated with them at all, played by... I don't know anybody. Um, he's walking back home. He's walking home from his own night out at the bars. His wife just divorced him. Mm-hmm. I don't know some bullshit. Uh, and he sees lightning strike and it hits the car, or it like disorients the, one of the drivers. They go off track and they and go into the water and they drown. Mm-hmm. But like the dude walks by and he's like a witness. He could have totally saved them. And, like, he makes eye contact with one of the girls as they're drowning, but he just, like, doesn't do anything for whatever reason, which would also be probably a plot hole. It's like, why the fuck does this guy not call anyone? <laughs> um, and then the entire movie is them haunting him. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Solid. I don't know. It's called, and it's called, it's called Witness 3. <laughs> it's called. Not even sure if they made a Witness 2. But. I'm almost positive they didn't, but. All right. Well, like as I say in Family Guy, Witness 3 was so epic they skipped over the second right, one. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. How about your last one? Um, I'm trying to remember the third one I had. It was. Oh, what the fuck was it? I. 
Oh, uh, it was it was gravel. That was gravel. I was I was thinking to say dirt, but it was gravel. Okay, gravel. Um, gravel. Hmm. They all right. So it's uh, it's uh, mill workers. Uh, they accidentally. This is so dumb. It's mill work. I mean, you're talking to a guy who just phoned in the three worst horror film ideas ever. <laughs> oh, they were great. Um, so it's, it's mill workers. And through some circumstance, like a prank gone wrong, they accidentally murder one of their friends. To hide the body, they mulch his body into gravel. God damn it. <laughs> Which I feel like that's like five movies that already exist. It's like Fargo. Like, and... Isn't that a... I know what you did last summer. Yeah, like it's it's concept. a lot of things. Yeah, well, that's we never. I mean, working just, in a genre that's very original. Right, so. it'd just be called it'd be called meat gravel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. All right, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. We've got one more game for Graham. This is strictly for Graham. Graham and I. We have a passion for serial serial killers in real life and on the screen because they tend to have larger-than-life personalities. I'm not actually, usually. The shit they do is larger than life. But um, a lot of them... It's inhumane. Yeah, well. A lot of them have really great quotes attributed to them. So here's a game. It's just going to be a little fact or fiction game for Graham. I'm going to read a quote. He's going to have to tell me fact or fiction if it was a big screen baddie or a real-life murderer. I'm sure we won't offend anyone with this. Let's go. Uh, we're going to start off easy with a little quote that goes like, I want to fit in. Graham, fact or fiction? Fact. Fact? Yeah. So your final answer. It's my final answer. Incorrect. Fuck. It's fiction. It's Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Damn it! <laughs> so we're off to a great start. Um, um, I'll keep your score. That's like the most obscure fucking quote <laughs> from that movie. But first I need to count how many there are. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay, so Graham has zero out of sixteen so far. I'm probably about to go for sixteen anyway. So. <laughs> um, all right, we'll we'll do another one for you. Okay. She isn't missing. She's at the farm right now. Fiction. Incorrect. Damn it! <laughs> that was fact. Oh God, damn it! Was it? Um. All right, who was it? Because I. I've, heard that and I, ed gein because it, it sounds I was like if that is fact then i know exactly who it is right because it sounds like because texas chainsaw was loosely inspired well, yeah by ed gein. and that's the thing you're kind of going 50 50 is it really sounds like something from texas chainsaw um but yes that was in fact said by ed gein here's one i'll catch you with my death bag Oh, that's fiction. Yes, that is indeed fiction. That was uh, the killer Bob from Twin Peaks. Um, so, Graham, you have one on the board. How are you feeling? Terrible. <laughs> it only goes downhill. And it's already gone downhill, <laughs> but like it's about to go even more downhill. Right, so, so, Graham has one on the board. Okay. Uh, and uh, the next one for you is 
You know, a long time ago, crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. That's definitely fiction. No, that was fact, sir. <laughs> All right, who said that? Charles Manson. Oh, my God, he's like my favorite serial killer. If that, if that really holds any weight. <laughs> my favorite serial killer. Graham is... Most interesting. Right. Guess. All right, well, Graham, here's one for you. And you got to get this one. We all go a little mad sometimes. Well, that's fiction. Yes, that's fiction. Do you know who says it? Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> wow, I'm a disgrace because like, I'm just having a brain fart here. What is it? It's Norman Bates from Psycho. Yep. God. Still give it to you, though, because you did know that it was fiction. Jesus. All right, here's one for you. We serial killers are your sons. We are your husbands. We are everywhere. And there will be more of your children dead tomorrow. That is fiction. No, that is fact. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Ted Bundy. Oh my god, another one of my faves. <laughs> I'm kind of cliche with my favorite horror series. It's killers. okay, you, dude. Like that's basically who I googled. It was like the most fucking uninspired serial killers. All right, I make art, and when I'm done, someone dies. It's gotta be fiction. Yes, that is. I was gonna say, there's fiction. no. F- I've, there's not then like I was gonna think someone takes their blood and just like smears it all over the fucking no, hey I was like I don't know of any real life serial killers serial killers that are in the mainstream that did that no that was that was indeed fiction that was Jack Nicholson's Joker from Batman I was in that which that isn't even a work. horror movie I, was, but I like the quote. what kind of genres are we working in right I now? like the quote if you like, say I want to play a game I'm gonna know instantly who it is no. and it's Jeffrey Dahmer yes <laughs> here's one. Um, uh, murder is not about lust and it's not about violence it's about possession that's fact yes that's Jeffrey Dahmer isn't it no it is not that's weird because it's like he was all about like basically having a part of the victims in himself Mm -hmm. no that was Ted Bundy again okay I didn't even think about googling Jeffrey Dahmer I don't know how basically he's like I like bones. Right, and yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he never had very interesting quotes. <laughs> no, that was like Ed Gein. I found, uh, I barely found any. Um, here's one. It's all true. The boogeyman is real, and you found him. Fact. Fiction. Fuck. That is Otis Driftwood from House of a Thousand Corpses. Which I have not seen, so That's true. that would make sense. Um, let's see. I had a compulsion to do it. That's fact. Yes. Jeffrey Dahmer. No, it's not. Fuck. <laughs> it's Ed Gein. God the, damn it. I only found those two quotes. Hey, at least it's the same state. Yeah, I, yeah it's true. What, go us. I only found uh, those two quotes by Ed Gein. Graham, you were five for 16. <laughs> how are you feeling? Wait, wait. Five, how many five we, out of 16. But how many, um, how many have we done so far? Um... Uh, we have done we have Matt done 12. Was, oh, God. <laughs> Wait, did I? I might have miscounted I was going to say, we have not done 12. We have not done, I don't know how many this is out of anymore. Um, I've missed most. You've got, you've got five. I know that much. I'll figure, I'll tally it. I'll undo everything I deleted okay. at the end. Um, look down at me and you see a fool. Look up at me and you see a god. Look straight at me and you see yourself. Fact. Yes. Charles Manson? That is Charles Manson. Yeah. Very good. God damn. Isn't it weird, though, like, what serial killers that we choose to, like, 
Because you, you were talking about Ed Gein. Ed Gein, from what I remember, does not have many interviews. No, like, yeah, that's true, yeah. So, like, it's interesting which ones we put at the spotlight of, like, let's have, like, these one-on-one, 60-minute kind of type of interviews with, and that's which true. ones don't we? No, yeah, the, uh, especially so like, with Manson. Manson practically became a celebrity during that he era. He is a celebrity, yeah. I would argue, yeah. Um, very much uh, what that sequence in Natural Born Killers is inspired by when Woody Harrelson shaves his head. Um, so we were, we've got three left. Okay. I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. Fiction. Yes. Don't know what it's from though. That's, uh, Otis again, God. from devil's rejects. This no, time. I have seen that one. Um, you all right. have a fucking weird obsession. With <laughs> all right. You're, you are all my children now. Fact. Fiction. Oh shit. Do you know it? All my children now. Oh man. Um. Think of broken gram on this one. Yeah, I don't know what is it. That's uh, Freddy Krueger from oh, Nightmare Two. Jesus. Um, and one last one for you. Be my victim. Fiction. I'm sorry. What was that? Fiction. Yes, fiction. That was Candyman, from the titular Candyman. All right, Graham, you got eight, and uh, so I got half. Assuming I counted correctly, which I'm figuring out to see if I actually did, because I don't think I did. Um, I. Well, we'll call it that, because uh, I don't know if I could do much more without like. Well, that yeah, that causing that was my eight. brain to so that, uh, go inside out. Okay, there's fourteen. All right, two more. You gotta do it then. Um, I wait. You want to do two more? Do you have any more? No, that was All right. it. All right, so I went eight for fourteen. Eight then. for fourteen, yeah. Which is not too bad, considering how I missed six. Yeah. So and doing this, I really realized how like honestly like influential a lot. I was of gonna say like they, they they all mix and match. Yeah. Really weird, and especially in uh, horror media, a lot of uh, a lot of it rings similar. Uh, when dialogue is written well folks that was the show hope you enjoyed this second october edition of monsters at midnight we sure as hell i had fun i don't know if how is it for you it was fantastic all right well i'm glad you enjoyed yourself graham thank you as always for joining me all right it's <laughs> been made a few words tonight uh and now my creepy children we return to our crypts for a long slumber and we will emerge again as soon as the sun dips below the horizon have a groovy evening now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the dominion energy reliability investment our new investment product offers competitive returns no maintenance fees and flexible online access to your money make the reliable investment in reliable energy the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.
Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and today only deals.